Welcome to the new podcast, Education East to West. Let's turn it over now to Heidi Galassi. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Education from East to West. We are three lovely educators, and we've all got into education for a specific reason. I'd like to introduce you to all of our members. First, we have Laura Schlotman. We have Tabitha Miller and me, Heidi Galassi. Um, We want to start, the reason why it's called From East to West is because all three of us are in different locations around the United States. Let's start with you, um, Laura. Can you tell us a little bit about your current role and where you're located? Hello, Heidi. Good morning. I am Laura Schlotman, and I'm in California. I'm located in Riverside, beautiful county of Riverside, and it's beautiful weather out here, even though I think I'm freezing. All right. Uh, Well, currently, I am an assistant principal um, at a public charter school in Santa Ana. Um, And previously, um, I have something, you know, in common with Heidi here. I used to be a middle school uh, math teacher. So that's how I started in education. Um, I've held a a couple other positions after that, but um, teaching high school and middle school math was beyond, you know, the most exciting uh, times of my career. Um, Very, very eye-opening. And um, I've also served as a a dean of academics and principal. Um, I'd be happy to share, you know, know, how I switched back and forth. Um, As far as I know, I'm one of the few administrators that went back to the classroom. So I recently came out of the classroom again for the, you know, I was teaching the last two years. So it's, you know, I, I chose an interesting year to, to come back to administration. You know, 2020 has been a very unique year. Hi, my name is Tabitha Miller and I am originally from um, Southern Virginia and I've kind of lived and worked in several different places, but most of the time that I have worked in education has been on the East Coast, and so I would be offering an East Coast flavor to the discussion. Um, I have been a uh, teacher for many years. I've taught every grade level except for seventh and eighth. I've taught Spanish, IB, AP, um, and I have been a principal as well. So I'm um, really excited to talk about um, some of these topics that we have coming up. Great, Tabitha. Okay, and then for myself, Heidi Galassi, I am originally from Chicago, and I moved to um, California, Northern California, uh, seven years ago. And so I'd like to give a a nice perspective on the Midwest, because I did teach middle school math in Chicago, um, and I taught for almost 10 years before moving out to California. So that'll be my perspective of the Midwest. Um, I was a middle school math teacher, and then when I moved to California, again, middle school math teacher, then I was a middle school math instructional coach, assistant principal at the middle school, and currently... I'm a principal of an elementary school. That was a switch. Um, So I could talk about the switch and the difference between middle school and elementary school and all of my education teaching and also my education has been in public education. 
Okay. Now, Laura, tell us a little bit about your educational background. Well, um, after, um, you know, after I, I graduated from high school, um, I was really stuck what I wanted to study. Um, I was I was the first high school graduate and college, well, college going student. So I had no clue what career I wanted. All I knew is that because I was the first generation to graduate from high school and go to college, um, I had to choose something big and exciting. So of course I said, I'm going to be a doctor. <laughs> so I sought out to be a doctor. Um, I knew I loved working with people and helping others. Um, the interesting thing about that though, is that anytime there were, there were opportunities to tutor or teach health classes to children at the local elementary schools, that's where you would find me during my free time, even though I was a pre-med student technically. So I think it took me about four years to really realize that my true calling was teaching and helping students. And so I, I, I've always loved math and science. So it was just natural for me to, to gravitate towards, um, towards math. Um, so it was really the, the love of, you know, of making children feel like they can engage with really challenging content. To me, that brought so much joy and purpose. Um, and then after that, I realized, you know, my degree in psychology was very helpful. It really helped me connect with students. So I didn't major in math. Unlike you, Heidi, I know you're, you know, you major in math. I major in psychology. And then um, I got my master's degree at USC in education. And I that's when I also um, went for my single subject teaching credential um, in math. And so it was an amazing, it was an amazing five years where I, I got to teach and at a small, tiny little charter school. And that's where, you know, I, I, I kind of just joined a team of people that, that believe that anything was possible. And it just, it, it's really influenced the way that I, that I lead with my heart, with my purpose. And um, I gravitate to, towards people that are like-minded and believe that education is, is truly, you know, it can change your, your family tree forever. There you have it, ladies in mathematics. You got it, Laura. Okay, Tabitha, give us a little um, snippet of your educational background. Uh, well, you know, I, I really started in education um, simply because I wanted to kind of um, have a different perspective in life. I wanted to be able to travel. I knew that I was really interested in languages and I knew I was pretty good at Spanish and you know my family was like what are you gonna do with Spanish and so I decided well I'll study Spanish and then we'll see what happens and so um, you know at college I knew college could change um, my life and it did um, my new education had gave the promise of um, being able to to do things that I wanted to do and so um, I went to Virginia Tech I'm a Hokie and I studied Spanish there um, and then right as I graduated I got a job as a web designer and graphic designer and I did that for a year and then I found myself really enjoying the parts where I would create a product and go teach people how to use it but I really didn't like um, coding and being behind a computer all day long and so I took a chance talked to one of my former professors and she said why don't you go to graduate school so I did I went to Florida State and I studied Spanish literature and linguistics there and um, I initially thought I wanted to be a linguistics professor or a literature professor 
but I, you know, wasn't ready really for research and scholarship at that time. So I um, found a job in uh, North Carolina. My husband came with me. He was, when I met him, he was studying Italian literature. And so um, we came here and we lived here for 14 years. And um, I taught um, in the schools and I did different um, activities. Like I was at UNC Charlotte and did um, the uh, Charlotte Teachers Institute there. I did um, my teacher certification at UNC Charlotte. I did, um, I went to Guatemala to do PD. I would do PD all over the country. And, you know, it just was really interesting. And so then I decided I wanted to be an administrator and went to Queens University of Charlotte and did that. And um, in, a, in a very interesting twist, I went straight from the classroom to being a principal in California, which is where I met Heidi. And so, um, yeah, that was a really uh, fascinating experience. And I'm actually um, kind of like Laura. I, I went backwards a little bit to be an AP, and I'm absolutely loving it. Um, because I've been a principal during the pandemic and being an AP is much different during the pandemic. And so that's sort of my history. Yes, just like um, Laura was saying, um, I started my education at DePaul University. Um, and that's DePaul with an L and not a W. I get that question a lot. And I was a math major. I majored in mathematics with a concentration in actuarial science, and I became an actuary. And it was great. I did that career. I was in that career for 10 years. It was challenging, interesting work, but not so much in, um, in line with my personality. Um, so I went back to school at National Lewis University in Chicago and received my master's in education. And I started teaching middle school math, uh, seventh grade to be exact. Um, and then as I got my footing in education, that's when I started to go back to school because I love to go to school. I'm a lifelong learner and it just, it, it, it feeds my soul. So I went back and received my math specialist degree. And, <clears throat> excuse me, after my math specialist degree, I went back and uh, received my administration degree. But I received my administration degree in California because I just wasn't ready for that in Chicago. And when I uh, moved to California, I became a math instructional coach and an uh, assistant principal. And... Um, yeah, I think this really fits my personality needs. I like the fast pace. I like the problem solving. And I love that um, every day is different. Every hour is different. And it really, it suits my, my personality. So now I'd like to touch a little bit upon our passions. When you get into education, you really, as the years fly by, you really start honing in on your passion and how you're going to change the educational world. Um, Laura, let's start with you. Um, as you went through your um, career in education, where, where do your passions lie now? Wow, thanks to Heidi for, for sharing that. Um, 
I, I, by the way, actual actuary. Wow, what an incredible field! I, I can only imagine the, the fascinating stories you have. I think we need to make another podcast just about that. But we'll talk about that later. Um, as you're saying that, as you're sharing your, you know, your career and your path and the journey, um, I'm, I'm reflecting and thinking that it's it's a long journey to become an administrator, to be in a position where you are. You know, you're responsible for the academic growth of, of children, students, and, and grown-ups and adults, teachers, right? Um, so there has to be a, a reason to make this all worth it because it's a lot of pressure. For me, um, I, I do believe that it, it, it started just from from my upbringing. Um, my, my family's from Mexico. I was born in Mexico. Um, I have no re recollection of living there. I was only two years old. I had my second birthday here in California. Um, but from a very young age, um, it, you know, I felt different and I didn't even realize that, um, I was here on, you know, on a visa until I was in high school and applying for, you know, attempting to, to file the FAFSA and apply to go to college. And so that's where I hit my first, um, my wall, I, I hit a wall and education became something that I wanted so badly. Um, but I was going to have to fight for it. It wasn't something that, you know, no one was handing out scholarships for kids that weren't citizens at the time. Um, there were no dreamers at the time, nothing to really, you know, help you out with financially. So I, you know, even though I had a very high GPA and I had worked so hard um, because, again, my parents always told me that education was the key to success. And I, I bought into that at a very young age. And, and I believed it. My dad, he's an amazing man, um, but he works very hard. I, you know, he's a tile setter, so his work is very physical. Um, and so my dad wanted me to have a career where I didn't have to use my, my hands, my, you know, my back to, to earn, you know, uh, um, to earn my paycheck. He wanted me to have a career where I felt that I had a purpose. And so I did that. I, I fought really hard. I, I went to a community college and, um, while I was there, I was study. I was, I was wanted to study, you know, medicine. Um, I got accepted to UCLA. So for me, that was a huge validation of, um, all the hard work. Um, but that's when, again, I, I had a disconnect. My disconnect was my purpose. I thought I wanted to become that doctor because that would show that I did it. I got there. But in reality, what I wanted to do was make a difference. I wanted to empower other children like myself who needed that mentor, who needed that that little bit of hope and inspiration. I, um, all the educators that, that have been with me in my, in my lifetime, they have been the reason that I kept moving forward in spite of some of those um, barriers that I hit um, on my way to college and beyond that, of course. So I, I realized that that was my calling. It, it was truly to be to be an agent of an agent of hope. And I, I couldn't imagine doing anything other than being in education and and really helping cultivate the minds of young, young children and to inspire them to 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 not have a limit. And the word no and I can't you know, become something that they want to challenge and fight for. So that to me is my everyday. I, I absolutely love working with children and, and being creative right now in this chaotic uh, pandemic and trying to make education something that, you know, that it can be instead of limiting it to what a lot a lot of us would like it to be now because of, of distance learning. I'm constantly pushing the limits to see what more can we do to to really to really find those students that are 
um, falling within the cracks. And, and so I love intervention. That's my thing. I absolutely. So when you said intervention, I was like, Oh, I want to dig in. I want to learn from you. Um, I'm definitely always fascinated with the, the potential. If you have a good intervention program in place, the amazing work that you can do on, you know, on a child's well-being and academic growth in one to two years. I think that's fascinating. So that's kind of how, you know, that's what gives me gets me out of bed every day and and makes me excited about the work that I do. Wow, amazing, amazing story. I'm going to have you come talk at my school, talk to all my elementary school students. This is uh, amazing. Perseverance. There you have it. Tabitha, okay, Tabitha, let's hear about your passion in education. Well, <clears throat> So, you know, and when I was in high school, um, you know, I kind of had a, a fairly regular experience, but because I was in maybe a more l low income area, um, there were, you know, I had good opportunities, good teachers, but I think, um, you know, I really yearned for a different experience. And one of the experiences that I was able to have was, um, you know, my family, Unfortunately, I mean, they were, um, you know, we were a blue collar family and, um, really there was not a lot of international travel and things like that in my future. So that, so, so I could see, um, and one of the things that, um, really helped me was, you know, I realized that I had a talent for language and I wanted to pursue that. And there was a program in Virginia called the governor's, um, Spanish Academy and I, you know, my friend and I at my high school, we auditioned for it and we got in and there were 60 total students from all over the state of Virginia, which in itself was a totally different experience because Southern Virginia and um, Eastern Virginia and Northern Virginia are all very different places. And so I got to meet a lot of students who uh, had different experiences than I these were they, it was a very diverse class that we were in and we actually um, we lived on the campus of the Virginia School for the Deaf and Blind in Stanton Virginia during the summer when those students were not there using the campus and so we um, it was an immersion experience and that was my kind of kind of, you know, became one of the things that I really wanted to do was to be immersed in the language. And I never would have been fluent in Spanish if I hadn't had a an educational experience that was sponsored by the state for people like myself. Now, of course, there were other kids who got the experience who had more advantages. Um, but it was really something that changed my life because I could have been good at this skill, but without the educational um, opportunity um, that my family really couldn't pay for. They couldn't send me abroad to learn the language and to, you know, kind of um, help me develop that skill. And so the educational opportunity that came my way was something that changed my life forever. And so I became, I, you know, I continued studying, I became bilingual and, you know, and that led me to use that skill to help students um, in a variety of ways. And so um, my passion really is, um, you know, one of my passions really started with language learning. And, you know, I tried being a high school Spanish teacher and I realized that that really isn't the way 
that we should learn language. We don't learn language very well after we're a certain age. It's possible, but, you know, because I did. But it's really not the best way to learn language. And so when a position came open at a dual immersion school, I thought, oh, wow, this is what I did as a teenager. And I know, based on research, it's going to be so much better for little ones. And so I, you know, said, I want to teach there. And um, they had kindergarten and fifth grade. And I said, well, I'm teaching high school right now. Might as well go down to kindergarten. If I'm going to make a change, it might as well be a really big change. And that's what I did. And I taught um, kindergarten immersion. It was 90-10 was the program, which is 90% Spanish during the day. And it really was, in, in our classes, it was about 100% Spanish, but they got um, their specials. Some of their specials were in English. And so I just watched kids be able to just pick up the language so easily, and they didn't even know they were doing it. And it just became a fascination for me. So, um, you know... I looked at that as an opportunity because we had kids that were, you know, wealthier from the wealthier side of town because it was a choice school. It was a magnet school. We also had kids that were from the neighborhood. And so, um, you know, I thought those kids are going to get an advantage in life because they've had this opportunity sponsored by their government, right, and, um, and their community. And so I really fell in love with that program. When I became a principal of a dual immersion school in California, um, it was it was in Silicon Valley. And so it was in a very, you know, just a, a high octane environment, if you will. And I noticed that there were so many parents, there were two communities, and one was a community that um, really needed that boost. And one was a community that just wanted the boost. And they wanted the boost on top of every other boost they've gotten right in, in, in life so far. And I had to kind of battle with the two communities and try to bring them together, but also to just remain focused on the kids who did not have the opportunity. And so that was really, really difficult. And it really made me think that, you know, I, I kind of want to study this. And that's sort of how I got back into doing the doctorate. Cause I thought, well, I, I'm really interested in equity and I really didn't feel like that, you know, I felt dual immersion could bring equity to uh, English learners. And that was the original purpose for it. But it wasn't happening uh, under my watch. And I didn't like that. And so that's what I wanted to study. I wanted to study this idea of designer language immersion programs for, for those who already kind of were going to succeed in life. And now they had yet an, another um, opportunity. And so I wanted to see how we could make sure that um, our English learners were really looked after and were given that opportunity. So that's how I got into, um, you know, being a doctoral candidate. And, and that's really my focus is making sure that, you know, education doesn't become this sort of um, shopping experience of, you know, I'm going to take my kid there because they have the most, the, the biggest resume builder opportunities at that school or whatever. I think all of education needs to serve all of its kids and and everybody needs an opportunity to move forward. So that's my story. Wow, great. Equity, equity and equity for all, for sure. And that's a big topic and will be one of the topics of our future podcasts. Um, I guess 
You know, and I agree. Equity plays a huge part in education. Um, my passion, um, I found over the years that my passion lies first in the social emotional development of our students. And, you know, you just realize very quickly if they're not socially and emotionally sound, then there's no learning. You can have the best lesson, but the no learning is going to happen because they're not ready to receive it. Um, so I've worked um, to bring a social emotional um, curriculum into my elementary school currently in California. And as we start talking about the differences from East to West, in the Midwest, there are actual standards for SEL, for social-emotional learning. And in California, we're just not there yet. So that's definitely um, going to be a future podcast. It's definitely one of my passions. You'll um, probably hear me tell someone to use their tools uh, during one of a podcast. Use your empathy tool and your patience tool. I've told Tabitha to use her breathing tool before. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a big passion of mine. And also student-driven learning. I've noticed um, now, you know, I was a math instructional coach and assistant principal. Now I'm a principal. So you see a lot of teaching because you're in, in classrooms con constantly. And that sage on the stage still happens in 2021. Um, what we, and we'll, we of course have another podcast on this, but that the teacher giving all the information and we know um, through studies and experiments and data that that's not how people learn. When the student drives the learning, that's when you learn. So that's another one of my um, passions. And as a doctoral student, um, I will be studying student-driven learning, what it looks like, um, what are some strategies, um, and, we'll, and we'll be talking about that as well. So as you can see, our passions are going to drive our uh, future episodes for the podcast. So I think this is going to be really interesting. Thank you for sharing, Laura, and thank you for sharing, Tabitha. Thanks, Heidi. I really appreciate uh, being a part of this conversation. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for us to get to talk about our passions and the way we see education changing and uh, the legacy that we would like to leave as um, leaders. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Great. Thank you. So, both of you, it's honestly a pleasure and an honor to, to learn and share um, some commonalities and, and, and pick your brains a little because it's, it, it can be very lonely being a leader, a school leader. So, I think the more we can share and open up, I think the better leaders we will be. Great. Thank you, everyone. And uh, stay tuned for our first episode of our podcast. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.